Hello and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Radio Show number 38. This interview is with Alex Luff, Managing Director of Corporate Edge, a branding and communications agency specialized in B2B, whose mission is to put people at the heart of business communications. You can see why I'm interested. Their clients include many big brand names such as Shell, MS, EDF, EADS, i.e. Airbus, Cadbury, and Jumarai, amongst others. In this interview, we discuss the need and ways to have brand advocacy within the organization. What are the challenges and solutions for creating strong communications for brands? We talk about the case of International Hilton Group, also one of their clients, and the issues for multinationals. It's a vibrant conversation about branding in the new world. I very much hope you'll enjoy listening to it as much as I did in recording it. Have a great day, wherever you may be. Dialogue Radio Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, and I'm author of the blog TheMindset.com. That's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. So let's cut to the quick. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Radio Show. Today I'm doing a uh, Skype over in sunny Blighty in England, and I have on the line Alex Luff. Now, tell us who you are and what you do. Hello, Vincent. I am a managing director of a brand and digital agency called Corporate Edge. Uh, I have uh, been in the UK, back in the UK, for the last two and a half years, having spent 10 years of my professional career in Australia. All right. And so, well, what are you doing in Australia? I travelled, first and foremost. I've got family connections, uh, long-standing family connections in Australia, uh, and uh, went there just for uh, an extended trip, really, in the first instance. Uh, fell in love with, with a country of such natural beauty uh, and the people of, of such generosity on, on one hand and, uh, and you know, real vigour and determination to succeed uh, on the other. And uh, stayed for a long time, met my wife there, uh, and uh, was lucky enough to be invited to return to London to run the business I now run. All right, so tell us about the business you're running. We, uh, we call ourselves a, a strategic brand and digital agency. Put very simply, we build brands and bring them to life online. We work with blue chip multinationals, EDF Energy, uh, Shell Chemicals. Uh, Intercontinental Hotel Group, etc. Uh, and uh, we like to call ourselves creative problem solvers. Throw us a challenge and we'll find creative, compelling, um, commercially sound ways to overcome the challenges that you may have. All right, so it's a competitive world. And so how does Corporate Edge uh, take its edge and compete against the other other big mo- you know, monster agencies that are out there? That's a- it's a good question. Uh, uh, we've been soul searching a little ourselves over the last couple of years, thinking about, <clears throat> excuse me, how do you find a genuinely different and competitive advantage? Uh, we have a, an approach and a philosophy that, that we work by and through. Um, what we tend to do is business to business, B two B. Although, actually. In a world of strategy and numbers that big businesses work in and around, communication can tend to be very dry, very, very dusty, very clerical, if you like. 
Uh, and so our mission is to put people back at the heart of business communications. Uh, and that means telling human, engaging, open, inspiring stories about your challenge, your products, your services, whatever it may be, to connect with the people that matter to you. Uh, so that's, that's one area in which I think we, we stand out. Another area, very quickly, is uh, our approach, which is what we call brand digital. Uh, what is that? What is brand digital? <laughs> an amalgamation of words, but uh, integrated is a word banded around an awful lot mm -hmm. in, in agency world. Uh, something that, that frustrates me a little because you look at some of the big groups uh, that may have bought a lot of digital businesses as, uh, as old, but and yet they're very within that business uh, to really deliver an integrated something that doesn't happen very often. We have lived in the brand world and the business has been running for about 40 years on and off in one form or another. Uh, so we, we know brand, we understand how to communicate that promise, that core element of, of your business to connect with the people that you need to. But we're also digital natives. And so whenever we approach a project, building a brand, bringing it to life, uh, or creating a digital platform, we do it with a, a mutual understanding that on the one hand, it needs to be uh, your brand will need to live across a fragmented digital landscape. So understanding that when we approach it is really important. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, building a digital platform, that has to be a true reflection of uh, that promise, that core central element of, of your brand. So we work pretty hard to make sure our clients get both, irrespective of the kind of project that we work on. Mm. Well, when we met at the at Social Media Week in London, or whatever it was, uh, a few weeks ago, that's uh, that's the thing that uh, struck me about your approach, and uh, you know my, my my tagline is branding gets personal, and I think yeah. that there's a, a a huge link there. And if you look at the agency worlds, well, we've now sort of got these conglomerates of agencies that, as you said, have have purchased digital understanding and agencies, and you end up with these these the big the big four that are are. are really providing or fighting, of course, at the same level, but where, where you and, and the smaller agencies can, can bring in as a more personalized approach where you understand that each context is different and as opposed to having a cookie-cutter kind of approach, although it's not exactly cookie-cutter, it's more like a monster-cutter uh, approach. And, and so we, I think it's, it's necessary to have more smaller agencies that can provide that because when you go into an agency, especially like you know a company in a B two B world, it's it's very particular, and the context is very specific, and the culture of the company is very different from one to the other. Their ability to adopt digital, and so you're going in there and uh, and providing that. I, I I very much like it. So let's talk about how do you see getting the people in the middle of it all? What are the things that you do to to bring people into the middle of the brand it's uh as you say a, a really interesting area to work around and then you said business 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 gets personal is that is that your branding gets personal branding thank you gets personal and just just going back to that that idea for for a second uh when you think about an organization uh and especially in a, in a b2b or, or a, a corporate capacity uh because they're these big amorphous things uh, that operate on, as I've said before, the numbers and strategy, that you do forget very often that you're dealing with 
a community fundamentally and within that community the units of that community are people uh, and so remembering that in the first instance and finding those human ways to connect with people getting as much genuine FaceTime and interaction as, as is possible with people on a, certainly from our perspective, from a new business perspective, uh, looking at connecting with, with the, the clients and potential clients that we like to, to work with, that FaceTime is fundamental to doing good work mm. uh, and achieving and winning good work in the first instance. Yeah, and understanding their problems, understanding who and, and how things get done, and uh, and then that allows you to provide a, a more appropriate solution. Absolutely, and, and thinking about going down into the into the technical, if you like, uh, or even the, the channels, video uh, as a as a you know obvious example of more human ways to tell your stories. To whether that story is a story itself, or mm. as I said before, whether you're trying to sell a product or a service or demonstrate some great work you've done in corporate social responsibility or whatever it may be, finding a human way to connect with people um, is really important. I'm thinking back about a, a recent statistic, I, I believe it was Cisco that was saying uh, within a few years, 90% of, of the data online will be video data. And of course, primarily video data is larger by, by essence. Yeah. Makes sense, mm. uh, and of course, Cisco are uh, in a position. Happily, happy to say that. <laughs> where that, that, that makes sense, uh, and yet, you know, we can see from the amount of content up on YouTube and the way in which we're interacting now, although this is audio, we're looking at one another through Skype. Yes. Um, that human interaction in the physical sense uh, and in the emotional connection sense it is an important thing to weave back into what can be often a little dry and dusty when it comes to business communications. I want to, I want to jump back in on that in a second, but um, I, a couple of um, anecdotes. Um, so <coughs> I work with a uh, company that creates video in Paris. Mm. And they, they created a, a, an email a newsletter uh, that's now a video letter. And uh, it, it has a, a 90, in one of the companies they worked in anyway, where they counted it, have a 92% open weight because it's in video. And then the second anecdote is um, a, within a company called Red Cats, with whom I mm-hmm. work. I, I do webinars for them. And um, in the first time when they did the webinar, they, they sent out a, an email. Hey, listen, we're going to do a webinar with Minter. This is what the topic is. It's all exciting and blah, blah, blah. So we, we got some people. But it was a, a labored work to get the full amount of people signed up. The second time, the woman in charge of it said, well, hmm. What can we do differently? And she came up with an idea. Why don't I do a little video uh, with a little bit of you in it to, uh, to sell the next webinar? 24 hours. We had everyone signed up. So video definitely connects. So going back into the things that you do, um, one, of the, one of the points that clearly is going to be key is understanding the brand's identity as it's, as it's felt within the company. Because if we're going to do B2B marketing, well, we have to start with who we are and what, how we're going to communicate that and then get to the storytelling and the video that you're going to come out of that. So how, how, um, talk about some of the examples, maybe, if you have any, of where you've gone in and worked on the brand's identity and how it's expressed amongst the employees, for example, the people. We, <clears throat> we're finding increasingly that the brand can start from anywhere within a business. 
So, uh, and particularly within the organisation, uh, that uh, building brand advocacy uh, within your people uh, is uh, arguably the best place to start. Uh, you know, as we understand, business has to inform brand in the first instance. If you don't have a business and it's not operating, uh, you're not going to have a brand that's going to inform communication strategy and out into the channels. But uh, a particularly important area that we're, we're working, do a lot of work in employer value proposition, uh, an employer brand, uh, that uh, making sure that your people uh, within your organization understand the, the vision and the mission and also the values that that gives birth to in the organization. Uh, having those people on board is, is particularly important. Um, so, so we do work with, with a, a number of organizations. We, back in um, uh, 2008-2009, we, we won Employee Brand of the Year for, for IHG, Intercontinental Hotels. Uh, and that was around taking a compelling proposition uh, and really bringing it to life for the people in an organization. And, and that, I think, is, is a piece that is not always done too well with brand or brand strategy businesses. It's great to take the intelligence part of uh, creating, giving birth to, or refining the brand, but actually how that is uh, expressed and brought to life is often not as effectively done. Uh, and in that instance, it was uh, you know, a global project across multiple business hubs and units, uh, and something which the people within the organization could both express themselves through, and at the same time, you know, those business strands could also have their unique identities mm. that were supported by a, a broader corporate brand. So uh, that's that's an interesting area that we're working in. Well, I, I'd love to hear a little bit more. So um, how, did you, how did you get pulled in? In other words, was it marketing or HR that approached you? And then what were the keys to success to making that? You know, of course, nothing's perfect. All right, so I'm going to know you get an award. You know, there's still always little things which can improve. Uh, that's the real world. And we live with imperfection, but what were the keys to making that program roll out successfully? It was in the first instance, and, it, and it's actually before my time in the business. So as it started off, as I say, back in I've been in the business for two and a half years, and uh, uh, although many of the guys who, who worked on that are still part of the team, uh, we were we were brought in at a, at a corporate level to work on their corporate brand, and in turn how that was engaged and communicated internally. Uh, and uh, as I said, it was uh, you with a project like that. And this is this is common sense to a lot of us, but but it, it often gets uh, forgotten or isn't able to be to be achieved. You have to have buy-in from the most senior level of the organisation to ensure that uh, there are champions who are going to not upset the the path that you need to take, but actually reinforce and really drive that. And so that was very much a key part of the success of, of this piece of work, um, that the, the C-suite uh, people in the organisation um, supported that process. And we were brought in, we honed and refined a, a corporate brand, and then in turn that was communicated and connected as, a, as, a, as an employee brand internally. So... I, well, one of my um, one of my angles of life in business is that there are multiple messages that have come out of a company. Mm. So you've got your uh, your message to your commercial message to your um, your clients and future clients. You have your shareholder message, 
you know, the first one is we've got a great product for you. Look at this. It's a, we got a deal. We've got a great price and it comes with lots of promo and very excited. Uh, the second one is, well, this year we're going to cut costs and we're going to have great profitability and uh, we're going to grow much higher than we have been doing already. And then the third one is the employer brand where we've got to recruit new people. It's come work for us. It's great. Uh, it's the best place to work. And somehow those messages, somehow there's a guy or a girl in the middle, or a woman, I should say, or a man, who listens to all three, and that's the employee. So on the one hand, they're cutting costs, cutting heads, making driving profits, promising greater growth than I know how to deliver. They're promising Valhalla in terms of the product to the customer, and they're promising another type of environment, ambiance, inside the company to employees. So the, the challenge is if you don't have top management who are overseeing those three, there are many other messages, but those three broad ones, buying in and making sure there's some sort of coherence between them, I think, what, I don't care what you do, there's no way that the brand can be lived by the employee as a powerful message because he's thinking, well, wait a second, everywhere I look, it's different. What's, what's your feeling about that? I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, coherence and consistency, uh, consistency uh, through those touch points and experiences is something which all too often is, is, uh, is not achieved within, and it's surprising, the amount of large organizations, uh, you know, the, the, the blue chips uh, who uh, purport to, to sign up to this philosophy, this way of doing things, and yet actually get it wrong. A really nice example of that, I think, are when you get within the organization internal comms and the platforms and systems that you use to reinforce and communicate those messages. Uh, and one really key example of that are the intranet. Uh, you know, the, the old traditional way of uh, disseminating information and forms and notifications to your people in, in your organization. And... All too often, uh, there'll either be proprietary systems or IT have signed us up to this new system, which is going to do this. And, and, and yet there's little thinking in terms of how you should be supporting a broader sense of collaboration, communication, uh, and sharing within a business to ensure that whether it's operational efficiencies or engaging people around the values of the brand, etc., etc., that these systems need to be fundamental uh, supports to that rather than uh, the the, guide, the leading element, which is uh, di dictating how you will then engage internally. So uh, just leading on from that, we're developing and working with a lot of, and it's not new, but it's, it's a new way of thinking about the intranet, which is, I believe, dead. Uh, uh, the lessons from social media, the way in which you can use uh, platforms to share and collaborate and communicate information more effectively, it is going to be an increasing part of uh, the enterprise landscape when, it's, when it comes to engaging people in a consistent, coherent way about your brand and your values. Yeah, it's, it, it's listening to you, I mean, really, the, the notion should be that your systems, in, well, the, the way I interpret it anyway, is that the systems internally should not only help the outside, but should, in, in many regards, mirror so that there's just a fluidity um, you, you, you all you need to do is make sure that you are uh, tweeting 
out <laughs> to your customers and, and you don't tweet the wrong message. Because that, that, of course, is that's the problem with the, if you don't have the walls correctly set up. But it's almost like it, why, why aren't the, the ways we, we communicate out mirrored internally? And if, if you agree with that, do you see any systems that are, 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 are achieving that internally? If not, then what do we do? It's a it's a really interesting uh, a really interesting point, and I do think that those walls between the internal and the external are breaking down. The worlds are aligning, uh, and actually, when it comes to the sort of roles within a business, you've got your head of uh, head of marketing, head of PR, head of internal comms, head of HR, um, head of PR. You know, all of these these roles. I actually think will be we'll see coming together uh, <clears throat> in a way which is whether it's the head of communications or whatever it is that actually. Uh, has oversight over all of these areas so that whether you're communicating internally or externally, you're finding ways in which to, <clears throat> excuse me, surface the content and stories from within your business, from your biggest brand advocates, or it should be, your yeah. people, and that in turn is flowing to the outside world and vice versa, and that is a, a healthy ecosystem. Uh, I don't actually think there are many businesses getting it right at the moment, there, there are a few that, that, that point in, in the right direction, and some of our clients certainly do. But I think there's a, there's a long way for us to go, and we're, we're learning these lessons as, as we speak. Just back on the point of technology, uh, you know, I say that, that, that technology can be very much an enabler of, of good communication and good engagement. But when it does drive and lead the way, when I reference that this happens all too often, the IT mm -hmm. department have signed up to the new version of SharePoint or whatever it may be, that actually everybody else is left trying to work out, okay, how do we use this platform to, to communicate and engage effectively? That, that that's a shame uh, because ultimately you need to work out what you're trying to achieve, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to get people to, to act on, and in turn the systems and the platforms and the channels all should form around that. I've got a little little, uh, little adage, little, little line that I like to say, which is uh, you know, technology wags the dog of good communications, uh, we'll all end up chasing our tails, and, and I think, you know, it is that sort of sense of running around in circles, often trying to, to fit all of these bits and pieces together. Um, but ultimately, it needs to be driven from a uh, firm understanding of how humans connect, interact, um, and engage with one another. So again, back to my business, the people philosophy, and your uh, your brand gets personal. I love that. Well, listen, um, Alex, um, it's been fun chatting with you uh, this morning. Um, what? Um, let me see a couple of things. What are the sources? What are the things you like to read to stay up with what's going on? You, you, you get up in your morning and, and you're, you open your, hopefully not just your email. What, what, are, what are the things you might like to uh, share as your sources for inspiration in this world that we're living in? Well, there, there are a few things that I that I... Uh, I'm excited by on the one hand at the moment and also that I that I take reference uh, from uh, I mean obviously it goes without saying that, that, that Twitter is such a great channel for um, uh, listening on the one hand and also connecting reaching out and engaging with people on the other uh, just just a really fantastic business tool uh, and uh, you know, every day I, I, I use it more and more and I think you've got to be in it to win it so to speak uh, and you really do start to see that. Interestingly, just on a side note, my wife is building her business up at the moment uh, in the food space uh, and was a little sceptical about Twitter and how uh, effective it could be as a, as a business platform. 
And we tried an experiment. And that experiment was tweet three to five times per day within the specific area of subject matter that you were interested in. Connect and follow people within that space and you're seeing who you, you feel are influential and have, uh, have impact. And let's see what happens. And we did, and her Twitter following increased, and her but her genuine engagement and reach started to increase as well. So now she has a blog and this and the other, and it's all feeding into to itself. So so those those elements of the social space are important for me as tools. Uh, in terms of reading uh, and and what I love to see coming into my inbox are um, the fast co and co create um, uh, mail outs, uh, which are um, always a source of uh, different and interesting and creative uh, inspirational stories. Of course, I, I you know check in with with platforms like Wired uh, and this, that, and the other to make sure that I understand technology. Uh, I am a bit of a geek and, and love to love to hear about whether it's um, uh, space travel or <laughs> whatever it may be, some form of, of technology and how that will impact us as, as human beings moving forward is um, is all important to me. And just to go back on our earlier point about video, mm. oh, yeah. uh, was introduced to, to a great app, and it's called Vyclone, uh, V-Y-C-L-O-N-E, Vyclone. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it allows people uh, who have the app within a, uh, on, a, on a network, who are in the same network, to sync your phones. It's a, it's a video, as I said, it's a video production piece sync your phones together and shoot simultaneously from wherever you are. Oh. So in essence, as, as those of us who've, who've worked in video and film, it's very tricky to sync up multiple video streams, or you can do it, but it's complicated. Um, however, doing it with a phone uh, means you can be much more snappy, much more responsive to wherever you are, and actually get really compelling, um, really well edited and shot uh, video content like never before. It's all done in the cloud, so it actually edits on the fly for you. Um, uh, but also you can go in and, and, and post-edit to make really compelling, um, really well-produced, and yet authentic uh, mm. piece, of, piece of video content. I know the BBC are trying this at the moment in their, in their innovation department, and, uh, and so I recommend people to go out and have a look at it and see how, in a business capacity, you can use it to shoot, whether it's, uh, you know, your CEO or people in the team, quick, responsive video that looks pretty good. Wow. So uh, do go check that out. I'm Vicon. Definitely going to check Vicon. that out. Thank you for that. That's huge. I was just going to uh, swing on one thing about Twitter. I don't know if you – I, in France, we started something called uh, Tweet Bosses mm. uh, in, in an effort to uh, promote usage of Twitter within the company. It helps when the CEO is online and actually is part of Twitter. You know, it sets the, sets the stage, you know, whether it's Richard Branson or now, uh, well, the, outside of France, anyway, there are many more bosses doing it. But uh, to at Tweet Bosses, if you want to follow uh, CEOs who are actually using Twitter, that's uh, I, I keep plugging that because that's an initiative by Nicolas Borda, and I really like it. I, I noted down all your things. That's great. And and, I, and I, I'll, I'm going to want to put down your wife's uh, Twitter handle in there, so um, you'll t tell, tell us here. And then also... How can we uh, track you down, follow you, connect with you? Well, that's, that's very kind of you. Uh, I, um, my, my wife's uh, Twitter is Auntie Junes, A-U-N-T-Y, J-U-N-E-S. 
uh, and her website is auntiejunes.com. Uh, and it's a story about, at the moment, her, her blog is how um, startups uh, and, and businesses in a different space, it's often tech we hear about, this is, a, this is a food startup, her journey, her growth, her development with her business partner. And, um, and the website itself, on a geeky note, is, is beautifully designed. It's responsive design, something we're seeing quite a lot of in, in, the, uh, in the digital space right now. So fits dynamically according to uh, resolution, browser type, uh, device. So have a play with that. It's quite a lot of fun. Yeah. So that, that's her. <clears throat> um, I am, uh, my Twitter handle is, is just Alex Luff, mm-hmm. uh, fairly straightforward. One thing that I'm experimenting with at the moment is Twyla. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I'm sure many of you know about. Uh, and again, I'm twyla.com forward slash Alex Love. Uh, a really nice visual way to see um, uh, your tweets brought to life, which I'm loving. And on, a, and on a business note, something I'm reading and referencing at this point in time, just as a, a last thing to leave you with, uh, a great book about, about business strategy and how to think uh, more strategically. And I've got it right here in front of me, actually, so I'll show you. Uh, and you can, you can read that. It's called Good Strategy bad strategy uh by richard rumelt uh and highly recommend it as a as a, a different way to think about strategy from military political um to to business uh and um it is is well worth a read all of those people who who believe they have a strategy or maybe think they don't uh, and want to identify ways in which to understand the good from the bad and then put it into action Wow, Alex, a font of uh, stuff to follow on. So I love that. I really appreciate it. Great to speak to you this Saturday morning. You too. Um, and uh, connect and speak about things that clearly we both share in common as a passion. And because uh, I could hear your smile. Of course, I could see it too, but I could hear it in your voice. And, uh, and I think that's the kind of uh, passion and conviction that's going to help us uh, move, as uh, some people say, the peanut forward. So, Alex, have a great day. Thanks, uh, and I'll be looking forward to following you for some more. Minter, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue radio show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. If you like the show, please don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or tweet it out. And if you speak French, you can find my other French-language interviews on minterdial.fr. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails. Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. 
Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. <laughs> 